Photography is thus brought within reach of every human being who desires to preserve a record of what he sees. Such a photographic notebook is an enduring record of many things seen only once in a lifetime and enables the fortunate possessor to go back by the light of his own fireside to scenes which would otherwise fade from memory and be lost. Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio, and welcome to episode 109 for the middle of November 2019. (laughs) We're already getting close to uh, Turkey Day, which is also around my birthday. (laughs) Yeah, uh, my birthday sometimes falls directly on Thanksgiving, which is a lot of fun. Because then, you know, it's Thanksgiving, it's turkey, and it's cake. And it's uh, roll out the door and uh, start going on a diet for six months. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I always liked Thanksgiving because it uh, it always coincided with my birthday. Or, you know, coincides with my birthday usually. And it's not because I'm really into my birthday. I just like having cake. And my wife makes me a, a cake every year uh, for, and I'm still working off last year's cake. <laughs> and I, I got a lot to go, you know. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So anyway, welcome to the show. And uh, it's just me tonight. I I got a kind of a brain dump a little bit. Uh, Maybe you'll you'll let me know. Um, But a few things have come. Well, you know, one thing I want to talk about There's one thing I want to talk about. And it actually got uh, I've been thinking about this for uh, a very long time or it's been evolving, but it sort of came to a head. For me, uh, like a week ago-ish, when I was listening to uh, my friend uh, Bart Buchot's Let's Talk Photography podcast, and it was his episode 73. I will link up in the show notes, but if you uh, just want to just type in, uh, you know, Google Let's Talk Photography, uh, I I would suggest you subscribe to his podcast. It's a great photography podcast. And uh, I've been a guest on that show a lot, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I really love talking to Bart. But anyway, his uh, episode 73 is uh, about computational photography. And, uh, you know, you might want to listen to it before you go into this, or you can listen to it directly after, either way. Um, But he is uh, talking about how much he is really digging the new camera in the newest iPhone, iPhone 11. And uh, he does then uh, go into talking about what computational photography is and is it actually photography? Uh, and uh, yeah, I'll let you listen to it so you can hear his uh, conclusions. Um, but I've been kind of thinking about this for a while too. Uh, so this is sort of my version of it. I'm not going to go into some of the te- the technical stuff. I'll leave that to Bart. He actually explains computational photography very well. And uh, I'm just going to go into the thing that kind of my gut feelings about it. And uh, well, anyway, uh, uh, I'm not going to sort of direct the conversation. I'm just you're just going to it's going to be a <laughs> chain of thoughts going on. But anyway. Uh, I recently purchased the, uh, when the iPhone 11 came out, I'm part of the upgrade plan. And so I just figured why not, you know, and, and ordered it, uh, get, you know, rid of, uh, you know, one phone and get another phone. And I don't even think of these as phones anymore. These are computers with, 
cameras in them or computers with phone apps in them or, you know, uh, uh, a horse with a clock in its stomach. Uh, anyway, <laughs> nobody's going to get that unless you've uh, watched uh, the old uh, TV show, The Odd Couple. But anyway, <laughs> sorry, uh, I get to date myself here. Uh, so I bought this or I didn't really buy it. I mean, it's sort of on an extended loan, you know, because uh, that's the only way I could afford it. And, uh, you know, every year a new one comes out and it, it it's just simple for me to just say, OK, well, you know, let me uh, let me upgrade. So anyway, so it, by now, you know what it is, right? The new iPhone the I have the Pro Max, the big one. And uh, and it's got three lenses on it. And the regular iPhone 11 has got two lenses, just like um, every iPhone up and uh, starting with the iPhone 7 has had two lenses on it. And uh, I mean, first of all, I. I, I use my iPhone a lot for photography. In fact, some recent street shots you've probably been seeing from me on Instagram, a lot of it actually have been shooting with the iPhone, although they did something really, Apple did something really, I think, dumb, and they took away the burst mode uh, when you use the volume keys. So uh, for those of you who are iPhone people, remember you could take bursts of pictures by just pressing down the volume key. The only way you can take bursts of pictures now, you have to do this weird swiping of the uh, shutter button in the camera app, which is really kind of stupid. Uh, Apple, hello. Uh, I think if you could just bring it back to the volume keys uh, or even make it a toggle switch if you want uh, in settings so that I can have the option to turn it on and off, that would be great because I don't see why you got rid of it from the volume keys. Anyway, uh, I use that for taking pictures on the street. I like doing burst mode as I walk by somebody. Uh, or, or doing something, but I, I don't do that anymore. But anyway, I figured out a way to shoot and in a way, I guess I go back to the old way of taking one picture at a time. <laughs> so, uh, oh, where am I going with this? So I carry this around with me all the time. So, um, upgrading was kind of a no brainer for me. And, uh, you know, I got sort of, I get hooked into the uh, keynote address when they come on and they say all the new things about the new phone, the new phone camera on the iPhone, you know, whatever model it is. And, you know, I, I can see that, okay, the picture quality is is very good. And in fact, the quality of the cameras have not gone down. Uh, they only go up. So I think the, the you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting what I'm paying for. I'm getting a good camera. I'm getting good, you know, uh, a good device. And, and I'm really happy with it. But let's go, you know, uh, let's go take time trip back to when the uh, iPhone 7 came out. And they had the two lenses. And one of the things they touted in that with the camera app was this thing called portrait mode. Now, that's kind of in most cam uh, camera phones now. Anything with two lenses has this thing called portrait mode. And the gist of it is, you probably already know this, but I'm just going to say it so I can think out this process. The gist of it is that uh, with the two lenses, uh, well, let's say when the, when the camera, when, when the iPhone 7 came out, the gist of it was that you would take a picture of a person and what it would do is it would throw the background out of focus uh, so that the person would pop out a little bit. And because you had two lenses, you could only do this portrait mode in the uh, telephoto version, uh, the telephoto lens. There's, there was two lenses. One was a wide and one was a telephoto. And I'm doing air quotes when I do telephoto. It was just a little bit more uh, zoomed in. I can't remember the exact uh, focal length of that lens. Uh, or the equivalent of it, but it was more than the wide angle lens. So it, it was appropriate to do portraits with, you know. So, but because the uh, limitations of the lenses and the sensors, 
uh, on on uh, phone cameras is that you're going to have sort of an almost an infinite depth of field on those things. So everything's going to be sharp. So they came up with a, an, a way of doing this computational photography, uh, as it were, to, uh, you know, create a uh, what was called a depth map in the picture. So the because there's two lenses, it could sense uh, just like your eyes do in a set in a way. And, I'm I, you know, I'm not being very technical here and I could be missing the mark, but I'm just, you know, sort of getting the gist of it. Most of you probably know how this works already. Some of you may not. But the idea is that when you have the two lenses, you can the camera, the cameras, the phone uh, can get an idea of how how far away something is. So sort of like a range finder would work. You know, you it would it would be able to sense the the distance of the subject in this case, say a person, and it would know that it's closer than the background, and then it would use some magic. <laughs> uh, it, it would use some uh, you know computational uh, workings and algorithms to figure out. Okay, well, there's the person. Here's the background. Let's defocus the background and make it you know, make the person or the object in the foreground pop. And the iPhone 7 was the first version to come out with this. And when I saw it, I was like, no, <laughs> it's just not going to work. And even if it does work, it's like it does not look real to me. I mean, and 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 there's also this part of me that knows this is fakery, right? It's doing something. And so none of that background is real. Uh, or, or really out of focus. It's just been softwareized uh, to look out of focus. And uh, I really poo-pooed it, you know. I, I came down on it, and uh, even to the point where I might have even, uh, you know, got myself uh, distanced from uh, a certain podcast that I had been a guest on uh, because I said that it was, uh, and excuse the language, that it was shitty. <laughs> And it was a shitty thing. And I think I was just not, you know, really aware of, I'm not even aware. I wasn't even thinking that, okay, well, this is the first iteration of something that, you know, has this potential. I'm more, I was more in the camp of it was fakery, it's not optics, it is not true photography, and it's a sham. And uh, let me just come out right now. Like, I'm, I'm going to jump to the chase for a minute and say, I'm totally flipped 180 degrees on this. And so I got to own up to whatever I said about the camera, the iPhone 7, and, uh, you know, apologize for it and turn around. I, I am I am 180 degrees turnaround. And I'll, I will get to that in a minute, why that is. Uh, so, yeah, I I came from the old school. And, you know, it's the, you know, hey, you kids get off my lawn <laughs> thing um, and saying this is not real photography. This is this is, you know, fakery. It's Photoshop work done inside the uh, iPhone. And uh, why should I even pay it any mind? You know, so I would just use the camera for the most part as the camera. I might I might use a portrait mode once in a while when I wanted to separate something from the background and I didn't want to do the Photoshop work. But it, that first iteration wasn't wasn't so good. Like maybe I photographed my cat and it did it did terrible things with like whiskers, you know, anything with fine detail. It just it just butchered it. And and it would just highlight, oh, man, this is just not it's not good. This is not good. But I would do it for something like if I was shooting something that was easily, you know, maybe silhouetted from the background and it would look OK. But I knew that it was just, you know, not real. And I kept I kept 
but then I started keep, you know, I started, I would keep using it over and over and over again. So let's go. You know, we had iPhone 7, we had iPhone 8. Uh, there wasn't an iPhone 9, right? It went right to 10, and then the 10S, and I've had every version of the phone, and then we got to the to uh, 11, and the, and the three lenses, and you know, I I I I look at this thing now that I've got, and I'm like, this is insane. <laughs> this is insane. Uh, let me okay. I mean, I'm I'm going off in a different direction here. Let me just start. Let me go back before I jump into the um, iPhone 11 and and then one of those. I'm holding in my hand something, uh, and you can kind of hear it's got some loose parts in it, and I'm gonna describe it. It's a box, eh, maybe about six inches by five inches, maybe and maybe by three inches, right? So it's like a you know box rectangly thing. Uh, it's made of metal. Um, it's got one, two, three holes in the front. It's got a, uh, well, I want to say a little glass window on one side with a, uh, with like a little twisty dial and do the twisty things here. And on the top part, it's got another window. It's kind of vertical and that's kind of about it. Oh, in the back, it's got something embossed on it, which I'll get to in a second. It's got a latch. And it's got a little red circle, like a little wood window. And the latch lets me open up the back. You can hear. Smells, ugh, smells old. Uh, can't describe what it smells like. Well, anyway, <laughs> this is not this is not a smell cast. This is a podcast. I'm gonna close the latch. And you know, some of you might have figured out what I'm holding in my hand. And oh, here, this is the sound that it makes often. Here. All right. Some of you might have figured out what this is by now, and uh, enough with the uh, with the uh, guess what this thing is. Uh, it is I, I'm holding in my hands a Kodak brownie. All right, what's a brownie? Some of you might say. All right, so in 1900, Kodak introduced this camera. I think initially it was cardboard, right, or wood, or something like that. Uh, and it was called a brownie and basically is a box that held film that had a lens in it. And, uh, it, it, it was the, one of the first consumer, if not the first, uh, portable consumer camera, uh, that was available in the United States, probably over the world. And, uh, it, it you know, it has sold for back then a dollar which it was about the equivalent of uh, $30 today, well, maybe $30 last year. Actually, I'm looking at Wikipedia while I'm reading this. Um, and it came with film. You know, you put, a, you put a certain kind of film in it, and I can't remember how many shots it had. And uh, this was the first camera that, you know, again, one of the first cameras that people could hold in their hands, carry with them, throw in a bag, you know, a soldier could carry it. A kid would carry it. Actually, these things were marketed to kids, and um, it it allowed regular people to take snapshots, right? And so, I actually have a bunch of these. Uh, I the one I've got in my hand is, I think, one of the first models. Maybe it's the second model. It's the number two A Brownie. Uh, oh, I can't read the. I'm trying to read the. Uh, it says U.S. 
USA Film number 116, Eastman Kodak, Rochester, New York, made in the USA. A little embossed thing in the back. And so this is, I, when was this made? Uh, an improved model. This one I'm reading off of Wikipedia. Improved model called the number two brownie came in 1901. So this one was 1901 and produced a larger two and a quarter by three and a quarter inch photo. This one cost two bucks. <laughs> so double the cost uh, of the of the first brownie. This one's made of metal. Uh, I, I don't know where I got this from. And this actually might be my wife's camera or it might be her dad's camera. Uh, but anyway, we have it now. And it literally is just, like I said, it is a box. There's nothing on it. The two windows I was describing, one of the things that's cruel about this, it's got two, two viewfinders. Uh, and they're sort of waist-level viewfinders. You look down, and I, you know, I use viewfinder in quotes again um, because everything's kind of reversed. It's not. I don't know if it's upside down. It's hard. Oh, no, it's not upside down, but everything's reversed in it. And it, the, the little viewfinder, I can't even describe how small it is. It's about the size of a thumbnail, right? And there's one for shooting horizontal, right? So there's a horizontal window, and it's got a viewfinder window in the front. And then when you turn it vertically, there's a vertical viewfinder. And you can see things vertically. And so it was very easy for you to just rotate the camera left or right, uh, or clockwise, counterclockwise, to go from vertical to horizontal. And uh, and then it had uh, what was called a meniscus lens, which I'll let you go, you know, go read it up on it. Um, I put a link to the brownie in, in the show notes, just a Wikipedia, save you. Uh, uh. But it's got one shutter. Here we go. Right. And it's this little toggle. It's this little switch on the left and right. And as you push it down, the shutter goes off and you push it up. The shutter goes off. So either direction you do, the shutter trips. I guess there's one shutter speed. I don't know what it is. Someone said it's maybe, maybe I, I think I might have seen it might be like a 30th of a second or something like that. Uh, the, the, this one I've got in my hand, I, there's no way I can put any film into it. Uh, I don't think the film today would, uh, you know, the, the biggest film would be two and a quarter film. Um, and I don't think this would fit in here. Right. So anyway, I, I pulled this out as a, um, you know, a little ba back in time kind of thing. It's 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 actually not that beautiful, you know, because it really is just a box. Um, but it, and it weighs about a pound ish, but it is small. You know, you could throw this in a bag, and, and you know, it's easy to carry. And, and considering when this came out in the early twentieth, very early twentieth century, cameras back then were huge, right? Generally, and you know, seeing that this would. Um, be in the hands of consumers, this is a very easy thing to walk around with. Now, uh, I didn't know this as I was reading about the history, but uh, technically the brownies kept selling, kept being made until 1986, right? There was a single uh, one that was made in Brazil. Uh, it used smaller film. It wasn't the, the design. In fact, the, the brownie had many, many different iterations over the years. But, you know, technically the name called the brownie has been around since 86. So here we're talking about a camera. That's, that was made for 86 years, right? It sold, I'm sure it sold hundreds of millions of uh, models and uh, in, w in whatever form it was made. But the idea was, you know, Kodak is, you know, actually he's making, he's making the razor and he's selling the razor blade. So he's making the camera to sell his film. <laughs> uh, although I guess, why would you do that if, like, because who was buying the film beforehand, you know? Unless he had cameras. Anyway, 
the idea is like now photography is in the hands of consumers, right? And but not only that, what 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 we're doing here is we're trying to give you know uh, with this camera, we're giving consumers a way to just take a picture, right? Here you you rotate it horizontally, you put the film in, you flip the the uh, shutter, and you take a picture. You know it may or may not come out, but you know again that's dependent on the light and the kind of film they were using. But generally, let's say that they came out, and it, it took the art of photography out of the hands of those, you know, the people who were the professionals and caring or the, the you know, the uh, I hate to say amateurs, but the people who would just like love to, to take pictures and had the money to buy the equipment. No longer was that now only in their hands. Now it became something for everybody to do. But the also the idea is that you point and you shoot and you take a picture. And uh, that was that was a quote that uh, George Eastman had. I want to see if I can find it. I wrote it down here. Where is it? Um, oh, yeah. He goes, like, the, the, the slogan for the brownie was, you press the button, we do the rest. Okay, so why am I bringing this up when I'm talking about the iPhone 11? Well, first of all, I'm sure when this came out... Uh, people of all sorts were saying, you know, it, this is not real photography, right? This is a box. It's a consumer who's making it. They're not a trained technician. They don't know what to do. They send the film out. It gets processed. They don't do anything on it. Uh, they end up with pictures. This is not real photography. And you get where I'm going with this, right? And uh, just like when photography first started, you know, when someone was first taking a, a camera obscura and even like you know, uh, creating, um, you know, a drawing from it, or then finally using light sensitive material. And, and the painters are saying, this is not painting. This is, this is trickery. This is, this is not real. Right. And you see where I'm oh, <laughs> it's like this, you know, every time something like this happens, the, 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 those people who are stuck in the previous generation are, are, you know, taken aback by it. Uh, perhaps not, maybe no, not, and I'm not saying everybody, but there are those like me, you know, who <laughs> go and, and say that none of this is real. This is not what we were used to. And uh, we should, you know, not call it what, you know, you know, it's not an art form or it's not photography or whatever it is they, they don't say. Right. So, uh, uh, you know, so I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, well, shoot, you know, if like millions and millions of these have been in the hands of people taking pictures. In fact, you know, I got a box, you know, pointing like as if you can see what I'm doing. I got a box of pictures in my closet that were in my grandparents' attic that after my mom died, I went and go found them. And, and the, you know, I'm looking at them and I'm wondering, like, I am sure many of them were taken with a version of this camera, maybe a little bit, you know, probably a little bit newer because the, uh, the you know, the, the, the film was smaller in, in any way, but whatever. Those pictures that are in the closet uh, were taken with probably a camera like this, you know, and, you know, I'm, I'm the benefit, uh, I'm the, you know, I benefit from that. I get to see these pictures. But anyway, um, yeah, so so uh, let's fast forward back now to this other thing I'm holding in my hand, which is, you know, it's actually, it's interesting. It's actually about the same length. You know what? This is really cool. It's got the same cross-section size as as the brownie they got, more or less, maybe by a quarter of an inch. But the iPhone 11, is, it's got the same cross-section. You know, obviously, it's it's a lot thinner, uh, and it's certainly a lot less, you know, um, 
a lot, you know, more technologically advanced. It's got more lenses on it. Although, you know what? It's funny. There is a brownie I heard of that did have a close-up lens built into it. It had two lenses. You could use one or the other. Um, I might even have one of those. Well, anyway, where am I going with this? So, so here I am, right, uh, going from even like an earlier iPhone, like an iPhone 6 or photography, my cameras and whatever, to an iPhone that's got portrait photography. And I'm saying that's not photography, right? Well, after listening to Bart uh, on his recent episode, I think that sort of put the nail in it for me in terms of, A, get over it, right? You know, uh, just like anybody, like, you know, when when digital photography came out, we were like, that's not real photography, you know. You know I even I had that, you know, because uh, I'm so used to shooting film and slides, and I had this... I still have it, like a nostalgia for like the film that I shot was there with me in the, you know, in the location where I recorded it. And the actual light that bounced off the subject is recorded on this film, is now sort of embedded on this film. Um, but even that, if you start to parse it down a little bit, it's like not the real light. It's just the light affected the, the substrate that it is the emulsion and the chemicals that process it created the image, you know. Uh, which in some way, if you, if you can look at it, it's probably very, not very different than light hitting, you know, a sensor. Although like, I still feel that film is like this thing that was there with me, but so what, right? You know, and this is taking me a little while to actually get to that point where I could say, so what? I mean, I, all right. So I had this nostalgia for film and it, and it was there and like now, what am I, what am I going to do with that nostalgia feeling? All right, just feel it. And like, all right, that's fine. All that film was with me when I went to Germany and I went to New Mexico and went to Seattle. All right. So what big deal, right? Uh, maybe, well, no, it, it is kind of a big deal. It's, well, that's not a big deal. It, I do have a, I do have a feeling with it, but that doesn't, shouldn't negate anything about digital photography. Anyway, I've just went on a little side thing there. I don't want to go too far, but so Listening to Bart and talk about computational photography, I think I've already been like being pushed over the edge and listening to him talk in a, in a way that I don't know, for some reason it resonated, some reason it, it clicked and I'm like, I'm, I'm done. I'm not, not even thinking about it as not being photography. Right. So I've been walking around with the iPhone 11 since, well, I got it in September when it came out. Um, and, uh, even with the, previous version I had the 10 I was doing this there's this app called uh Focos F O C O S okay now the the regular camera app that comes with the iPhone and I'm sure this is the case with all other smartphones they're kind of mm, they they give you like the basic stuff some of them do a little bit better than others but like you know the idea is that you know a third party will come up with a with a camera app and they get to tap into all these great things and, you know, they get to spend all this energy putting into like uh, taking advantage of the hardware and the software and stuff like that. So I bought this app called Focus. I can't remember when, and it wasn't cheap. I can't tell you how much it is because I already own it and I can't find out. Well, I guess you could just search for it. It's not a cheap app. It wasn't like a $1.99 or $2.99 app. It was like 1099 or something like that, right? But, and there was no demo mode, but I had looked at the video and I looked at it and I was like, mm, all right. And, you know, sometimes I get like, well, I could spend 10 bucks on an app. So what, you know, if it's not good, eh, all right. That's a couple of coffees you know, that I didn't drink, but I got it. And I, I've been 
I've been kind of blown away by it. Now, what it's doing is that it's using all the lenses, using all the information to create, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm not going to I'm going to say this, but I don't mean it to sound wrong. It's creating a fake depth of field. But really, is it fake? You know, I don't know, because it is what it's using is using the depth information that the camera captures to defocus a background, but do it in such a way that is it feels natural. It looks natural. And, you know, when I start to think about it, you know, even though a regular camera has got one lens and it creates depth of field uh, or, or a softening of the background because that's the way the optics work. This app is using optics as well. It's using the optics and the lenses and it's using depth information, which isn't any different than, you know, how our eyes work or how binoculars work or how anything with, you know, rangefinder cameras, you know, uh, but then it's using the, what, you know, going back to what Bart's saying, it's using computational photography to create something, to take that information and do something with it. So, I, I bought this app. I was using it on the 10, but when I put it on the on the iPhone 11, and I think they probably updated it a couple times since then. One of the things that it's doing, it's doing a fantastic job of of making a picture uh, look like it has a natural depth of field, a natural fall off of uh, you know a shallow depth of field, um, if you want. What's really cool with it is that you, when you take a picture, you can re-edit just like on the regular iPhone app, and I'm sure with regular. Uh, Android uh, camera apps that you can actually dial in the uh, quote unquote f-stop. But basically what you're doing is you're either creating more or less out of focus areas in the back. But uh, Focos does something more because it has all these different lens simulations in it. And so you can actually simulate the look of the out of focus parts of certain kinds of lenses. And if you're, you know, one of the ones I use is, uh, let me see if I can actually bring it up here. Uh, so I'm not just talking about it. Uh, Helios 44 here, here you can actually, there's a whole list of lenses. It's, I got 14 lenses on here that I can simulate and I got normal. I can customize it. I got uh, a lights lens, Olympics, Zuko lens, baby, Cinovision. Uh, I mean, some of these I don't even know about Carl Zeiss, Jenna, Carl Zeiss, uh, Ola, I don't have my glasses on. I can't read these, uh, but I use tend, I, I tend to use what's called Helios 44, which, um, is actually a lens that I've been trying to, I actually might have one of those. <laughs> that's a, I don't know if that's a Russian lens or not. I, I, again, I'm not a, I'm not, you know, very good at remembering all this stuff, but there's something about that background look that I liked. And it's using, like I said, it, this is using all this depth information, this computational photography to create a, an image that I, well, I hate to say simulates, doesn't simulate, you know, I mean, it does simulate a depth of field because it's not using optics, but it is using optics. So it's creating this out of focus. But, well, okay, so what it's doing for me is that recently I took a, uh, you probably, if you follow me on Instagram, you've probably seen these two pictures. One's, one I did last Friday. Uh, and then one, the other one was a couple of weeks before that. Both of them used the, I used this, this app on, and the one I did last week was a shot of a barber chair inside of a barber, barber shop. And uh, I use this to sort of separate the chair in the foreground from the background. And the previous picture I used was a was a chair that was being thrown away, and it was sort of in this arched um, this arched uh, alleyway or something behind a building. And I again I use the uh, app for this. And uh, actually, with that picture, 
that that picture that picture of the chair, not the barber chair, the the first one I was describing, and Bart's uh, <laughs> Bart's podcast, that, those two set me over the edge, in in the sense of like I'm done, I'm done complaining about this stuff. This is photography, this is this is the vision I want. Uh, that this camera that I'm uh, holding in my hand with this um, uh, you know, with this iPhone, this is something I actually can work with and do. Uh. I mean, I've always been doing creative stuff with my my um, my iPhone, but I think any measure of doubt has now been taken away. Uh, I don't, you know, fakery, trickery, computational software, whatever it is, it's here now, and it and it's helping me create images. Anyway, going back to that chair, one of the things I I actually uh, let me describe it. I had walked by this chair when I was coming back. I was going to a coffee shop, uh, and I saw it and I I took pictures. I had my my other camera with me, my um, XT2. I don't remember what lens I had. I think I had a wide lens on it. And but I first took it with the iPhone. And I, I by the time I got to the coffee shop, I processed it in using Focus and I did a couple of other things, maybe in Lightroom to change the color palette a little bit. And I looked at it and I was like, "That's a picture that I. That's the kind of picture I've been trying to get. Not of a chair, but there's something about that shot that I've been trying to get for a while." And the, the uh, I'll put the picture in the in the show notes. In fact, I'll probably use it as the as the feature picture for this episode. One of the things that it it was is that I was using the wide lens, not the ultra wide lens, but the wide lens on the iPhone, and I had this wide field of view because I wanted to get the arch, I wanted the chair in the shot, you know, I wanted some of the sidewalk in the foreground, I wanted to have a sense of this environment, this frame that I was creating. And I like the shallow depth of field because the 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 shallow it, it it separated the chair from the alleyway behind it, and it, so, so, so well anyway. So I I swung back around after breakfast. I after my coffee, I came back around with my XT2, and I said, "Well, let me just take a picture with my XT2 because you know I'm shooting with an iPhone, and that can't be a real picture." <laughs> but then I came back with and my XT2, and I even though the lens was in the same focal length. And and the lens I was using was I think my one of my seven artisan lens, so it's got a really wide uh, aperture on it, and uh, and the lens is wide, maybe not as wide as the iPhone lens, but it's wide. And I stepped back a little bit, and I was taking shots, and I just could not get that that uh, separation of the subject and the background using the lens. The, it just wasn't working, and I realized I would have had to do two things. I would have to go back and get a telephoto lens and stand in the middle of Coney Island Avenue, which I can't do, stand back far enough and, and shoot this thing. And it wouldn't have the same feel to it. And and I was thinking, you know what? This this iPhone 11 and this app, Focus, created a picture to me that reminds me of as if I had a, a medium, not even a medium format camera. Uh, um, it could be a medium format camera. I haven't shot with a medium format wide lens in a while, but certainly a four inch by five inch camera field camera or an eight by 10. Now I never shot with an eight by 10, uh, ever, but I've shot with a four by five. You know, there's similarities between those two things, but you got an eight by 10 piece of film, you know, you can create a real, you can get a very wide image and a very shallow depth of field. Now I'm sure I could do this on a medium format. I just need, would have to have a, you know, maybe medium format film. I'm not sure about medium format digital and again you know the the sensor size in the in the lenses does have some uh, effect as to or the 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 let's say film size too 
and the lens size has some effect on uh, the ability to create, uh, like, say, a wide angle shot with a shallow depth of field. Now, I'm not talking about comparing depth of field on all these cameras because, you know, that's another discussion that's more technical. I'm just talking about, like, using a very wide lens and getting a shallow depth of field. Uh, even on a full frame camera, I, I, you know, I don't think you can get, like, if you shot with a 16 millimeter on a full frame, I don't really think you can get a very shallow depth of field like I got in this picture uh, of this chair. Um, so but my point is, like, I'd have to go through a lot of iterations of cameras to get this look. Now, here's something that I got just with the phone, you know, in my pocket with a $10 or $12 app that's using computational photography to create this look that I was like, I re this is something I really like. And I showed it to I showed it to my wife. She goes, I love this picture. And she loved the picture of the barber chair. Both I shot with the same app and did kind of the same processing too. And she's like, these are what we should hang up in our, in our living room wall. And I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Cause we're looking to figure out what are we going to hang up? We need to create new art for our living room. And I like the idea of having shots of chairs in the living room. Right. So, uh, you know, I think I, I need to, I want to make uh, metal prints of them. I'm going to make them pretty big. And so, you know, here's the only little, you know, downside is that the camera on the iPhone is 12 megapixels, but I've blown up 12 megapixels to pretty decent size. You know, they might need a little Photoshop work and whatnot, but you know what? This is for home art and I'm not pixel peeping. And you know what? I'm pretty sure that the pixels in the iPhone, even at 12 megapixels are probably pretty good, you know? So, um, I, I need to 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 really, uh, you know, I'm I'm taking back this idea that that the computational photography and 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 I wouldn't call it fakery or trickery. I mean, it's really funny because at the beginning of of Bart's podcast, he calls it trickery a couple times, and and I I don't think he means that in a bad way. It's just it's funny because you know there's all sorts of uh, things that we can uh, call it, you know, uh, depending on what you think about it, but. Uh, you know, if I'm coming from an old school, you know, I might I might consider it trickery. Um, but you know what? So what? <laughs> it's, it's getting it's it's helping me or it's helping us to uh, create a, a vision that we want. And like I said, for this, it was something I haven't seen in a long time. I've been most of my photography has been 35 millimeter uh, or, you know, DSLR with a you know, smaller sensor or whatever. And it's just I haven't. You know, I have a field, I have two field cameras. I got two four by five cameras, one sitting in a closet, which, geez, I really wonder if it works. The other one is my first camera that my dad gave me. It's a uh, crown graphic. So it's basically a, like a, an old press camera. And it doesn't have all the movements of like a field camera, but you know, you put a four by five thing in the back and you can take film. And I, I remember taking pictures with that and getting, getting that sort of look, but even that doesn't have a wide lens on it. It's got a sort of a medium. It's a press camera, right? So you're supposed to get up close to people. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think I've, I've switched 180 degrees and now I'm thinking about it and it's like, well, what's going to happen when this computational photography that's now in these phones migrates its way to the cameras that we use on a, you know, on a daily basis, you know, the, the bigger cameras, the DSLRs and the mirrorless cameras. And some of that's already kicked in there, but what's going to happen when, you know, uh, when this stuff is is now something that we just buy when you buy your new Sony, or you buy a new Canon, you buy your new Fuji camera. That stuff is now built into it. Uh, you know, I um, 
I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. And, oh, you know, I want to go back into time for a second. Sorry, this, I should have brought this up earlier. But there was two cameras that came out, hmm, or two bits of technology that came out. I can't exactly go when. I got links in it. One was called the Lytro Field, Lytro Light Field Camera, and the other one was called the Light Camera. The Lytro Light Field Camera it was a big thing when it when it first got announced and it was basically the kind of camera that you could take a picture and then later on you could refocus where you know you could refocus the picture essentially uh it, it uses a technology I'll, I'll link the uh, article in the in the show notes to it um and some of you might have already heard about this thing i i think now it's like you know the kind of thing that you buy like when you're checking out from a, you know <laughs> the grocery store uh, sorry, I don't mean the. I don't mean that. It's just sometimes this first technology comes out, and it and uh, people who create it, um, there's a big buzz about it, but they just don't. Um, it just doesn't take off, and then somehow some of that technology finds itself, uh, or even some of the concepts of the technology find itself uh, in in devices later on. So actually, I, I apologize. I don't mean to make fun of that camera uh, or what's going on with it. I think you can still buy it. I think they're probably like a couple hundred dollars. I think you need special software in order to see, in order to refocus it and whatnot. Um, but you know what? We're, what I'm doing on my iPhone now with this app, this Focus app, is reminds me of the same thing. I am actually able. That's one of the cool things that you can do with it. Is not only can you dial in the uh, amount of depth of field that you want, but you can also change the focus points after you've taken the picture. Oh, and the other thing with Focus is that it actually does a decent job with pictures that were not taken with the porch with the multiple lenses. So I'll put another picture in my notes that I just posted up on Instagram today. And it was just of a gentleman walking in front of me with his hands behind his back. And I shot it with my Fuji X 100 and I processed it on my iPhone. And I said, well, let me just drop it into focus and focus does a decent job, uh, of, of giving it sort of like trying to figure out the depth of field of that, uh, uh, of that picture. So I don't know what, what information it's using. Is it, you know, it's recognizing that there's a human being in it and it recognizes a shape that's, or a big shape that might be considered an, a foreground object is doing some really smart stuff and it does a decent job. I would say it's doing a, a, a as good, if not better job than the portrait mode did in the first iPhone. There's still some glitches on it. Like there's still places where you can see it's not quite figuring out to soften the image. And if you look at this picture of the gentleman walking, you can see kind of between his legs that it didn't quite uh, defocus the sidewalk between his legs a little bit. But, you know, if you're not looking, if you're not, again, you're not pixel peeping the shot, you know, you're not going to really notice it. And, and, and thinking that there was no depth information in that photograph because it just came from the, uh, you know, it, it came from my uh, mirrorless camera. Uh, there, you know, there might be, there might be a focus distance in it, but it doesn't know that there's a background in it. So it, it must be using some stuff to figure out foreground and background. Anyway, it's not perfect. Like I said, it's probably closer to the first portrait mode. It's probably a little bit better than the first portrait mode on the uh, iPhone seven when that came out, but it's not bad, you know? And so this is just, look, this is an app working with a picture with no depth information and it's coming up with something decent. Also, there was another camera, which I think is still available. It's about the size of an iPhone. It's a little bit thicker, maybe a little bit bigger. It's called Light, the Light Camera by a company called Light Products. I'll link up also in the show notes. 
And that's a camera that has 16 lenses on it. And it had some of the same features as the Lytro. It, 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 would, it would stitch all those pictures together, create like a multi-megapixel camera, something like a 50-megapixel picture. And I think you also had the then ability to uh, change the edit points on it. But again, just like any of these new things that come out, I think then the camera came out, it was like $1,600 and $1,800. But now, like, again, you know, the iPhone's got three lenses and, you know, hopefully it won't have any more because it, it's starting to get a little crowded back there. <laughs> These three lenses are, are uh, yeah, there's something else. But, uh, you know, that technology is now, you know, uh, I mean, that was obviously computational photography because it had to stitch all the pictures together with the 16 lenses and then store all the depth information so that then you could refocus it. So that that was obviously using depth, info, you know, uh, um, computational photography. And actually, if you go look at the website, some of the pictures, they look pretty good you know but I, again i think it's a very expensive thing and people now like you know there's there's less need of something like that because now this stuff is being built in uh you know into iphones and android phones it's just becoming something that you carry around with you so anyway uh you know in full circle around <laughs> in I, the, the reason why i had pulled out the the um brownie is I was thinking that this is what you know when um when eastman uh launched the advertising campaign for the brownie camera and he really aimed it towards i think he actually aimed it towards women and children uh you know they can operate the camera very easily and then he coined that phrase you press the button we do do the rest i think apple and google and all these newer camera you know phone camera manufacturers are doing the same thing by giving us computational photography by giving us this ability to you know take this thing out of our pocket uh, that we can carry with us all the time and then you point it and you can take a picture. You can take a wide angle picture. You could take an architecture picture, a landscape picture. You could take uh, a portrait of somebody with a defocused background. And and you don't really have, nobody has to think about it. It really is kind of like a point and shoot camera. I mean, those of us who want to use it for more things, we can do with it. But like you put this thing in the hands of a person and you give them basic instructions and, and they can come out with a decent picture. And does it, you know, this, this is not the conversation for this. I'm not I'm not getting into this. And, you know, uh, does it take away from photographer's work? Does it do anything? Whatever. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. You know, things have certainly changed since digital came out, but that's already a long time ago. And that 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 horse is out of the barn already. But, you know, doing what what Eastman did by creating this device. I mean, yeah, the 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 difference in prices between these two things. Yeah. Well, so uh I'm sure $30 in, in 1900 uh, dollars, you know, or $1 in 1900 dollars was, uh, that's a lot of money, but it certainly wasn't as much money as this iPhone, you know, uh, iPhone is incredibly expensive, but the world is different. The economy is different, whatever. The idea is that there's this thing now you can stick in your pocket, the brownie you could carry with you. It's, it's not that big compared to anything, you know, uh, carry it in a satchel, your iPhone you can carry in your pocket. And with both of them, you take them out and you point and you press the button and and they do the rest. So anyway, uh, wow, <laughs> just, you just listened to me for 40 minutes. Uh, yeah. So I uh, let me know what uh, let me know what you think about uh, my comparisons. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious if I'm just off the deep end or not. But, you know, to own up to my apology and say, I think, you know, going back to that, I went 180 degrees. 
uh, computational photography is photography. I, I agree with Bart. It is. Uh, I don't have a problem with it anymore. I take back, uh, I, you know, now take back poo-pooing this kind of thing. And uh, I intend to use it to uh, be as creative as possible. So if you haven't figured it out yet, that opening quote was from George Eastman. <laughs> I figured the, the father or, you know, not the inventor or the father of, but the man who marketed the brownie camera. Uh, so anyway, thanks for joining me. And um, you can find uh, the show notes for this episode and all the other episodes at my newish website, streetshots.photography. And uh, you can also find uh, a lot of the older shows on the Podbean page, which is uh, podbean.com slash switch to manual, I believe. I don't know. I'm a little bit rusty with that, (laughs) but I haven't used it in a while. But, you you know, you can uh, find it through the link. Uh, You can still find me on Twitter and Instagram at amrosario and Flickr at amrosario. On Facebook, I've still got the switch to manual page and uh, Rosario Photo. And uh, if you uh, also want to look, you could find me with my fellow brothers in light over at the Unusual Collective. Go check out our site at unusualcollective.photography. I do love that .photography domain. It's just so clear. Uh, We got monthly uh, photo essays, photo written essays going up. Uh, I'm due to put one up uh, soon. I haven't done it yet, but I got one coming up from November. Also... Uh, I want to plug uh, my fellow Unusuals uh, and their podcast. As you know, that Max Sokolsky and his Shutter Time podcast. Go check him and uh, Kasha out. The first couple of photography, I like to call them, uh, at uh, Shutter Time at Sid and Mac. Sh- uh, ShutterTimeWithSidandMac.com. And uh, usually Dave and his adventures in creativity. I love the energy that uh, Dave has and uh, his weekly uh, podcast about creativity and his uh, interviews with uh, very creative people. So go check him out there. And finally, uh, Brian Muneer and his uh, newish, newest show. He's been doing it for a little while now called We the Creators. Also great interviews with uh, people who create. And if you do like the show, uh, please uh, send me some exposure bucks by going to iTunes and rating and reviewing the shows and telling all your friends about the, this podcast. I like to spread the word. Also, uh, I've just recently started up a Patreon page. Uh, if you do want to support the website uh, or my podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash street shots. Uh, I haven't figured out uh, any kind of rewards, maybe or maybe not to give yet, but um, you know, having you guys support the uh, podcast would certainly uh, make my day. But uh, you know, don't feel don't feel obliged to do it. I also have a if you want to drop me uh, some uh, tip, you know, some chump change with the PayPal button on the uh, Podbean page, and uh, you know, drop me a line on the website, comment, and uh, send me some. Uh, Send me some tips and whether or not uh, you like the show or not. I'd like to hear that. Finally, uh, Street Shots theme music, it's great theme music, was uh, written and produced by the genius at Phyllis Audio. You can find out more about them uh, by going to phyllisaudio.com. That's P-H-Y-L-L-I-S audio.com. Hey, and until next time, keep shooting and working at it because things will begin to happen. <laughs>